What's the difference between compassion and empathy? Hey folks, I'm Annette Leonard of AnnetteLeonard.com joining you again with another episode of Chronic Wellness. So last week I talked a bit about whether or not we could feel one another's pain. Can another person's pain trigger, enhance, worsen, influence the pain that I'm feeling? And I'm sort of taking a step back from that today in order to deconstruct this, uh, um, these terms, compassion and empathy. And this was news to me. So maybe, maybe it's not to you. Maybe you've uh, learned about this along the way. But as I mentioned in last week's episode, I have come to call myself an empath one who feels the pain of others. And I compared that to a character in Octavia Butler's uh, book, The Parable of the Sower. And you know, that seeing someone else injured could make me feel that injury. And while that is science fiction in the way that it was portrayed, I think it's a really useful image when we're talking about what it means to have empathy versus compassion. So um, there is a large body of work done by a Buddhist monk named Mathieu Ricard, Richard Ricard. Uh, as you can hear from at least my pronunciation of the first part of his name, he is French. He um, got advanced degrees in physics, I believe, before eventually going on to become a Buddhist monk. And now is one of His Holiness the Dalai Lama's interpreters. He's his French interpreter. And so you can imagine that it takes years of study and training in order to achieve a position as high and honored as that. So lots of years of Buddhism behind him. And he has done extensive physiological testing of the science behind compassion and empathy. So he's very invested in our understanding of these definitions. And I won't read to you um, his work, but if you care to look him up, there is a lot to be found both in video and, you know, web sources and pages that you articles can can look up and read. Uh, but he really emphasizes that empathy is identifying with, feeling, really getting into the mindset of, and having that um, empathic response toward someone else's pain. So your child is afraid of the thunderstorm and you join them almost in that fear. That is your heart's empathic response. He contrasts that with the experience of compassion. So compassion, he says, leads to action versus empathy, which just leads to feeling. Compassion leads to action. 
leads to um, thinking of solutions or things you can do to contribute or ways that you can intervene, interact, help, lend aid. And he says inherently it leads toward kindness inside you and a desire to help. And um, it is a distinction. He says that empathy is required in order to then feel compassion. So I need to understand what that child might be afraid of in order to then think of action steps. I'll offer for you to get to come sleep in my bed. I'll pick you up and give you a hug. I'll take you to the rocking chair and explain why we're not gonna be hurt by the thunder and lightning. You know, just that compassion is required in order, excuse me, empathy is required to lead to the steps of compassion and that compassion allows a layer of distance that empathy does not. Because empathy is, I'm in it with you. I'm experiencing many of the same things you are. Whereas compassion leaves me just a little bit separate. And in the neuroscience that has been studied, um, he himself has been in an MRI um, for hours and hours at a time while tests have been run on his brain as he practiced compassion or practiced empathy. And the areas of his brain that were alight during those two different activities were radically different. And the areas of the brain that were alight during empathy were areas of stress, were areas that can lead to burnout, that become fatigued, that uh, cause anxiety and problems. <laughs> Whereas the areas that were activated during the practice of compassion were not areas of stress or anxiety or problematic areas. They were areas that could be sustained almost indefinitely and um, were in some cases problem-solving areas, uh, but not problematic areas. So I think it's fascinating and important to consider um, is this a time that I'm activating empathy or compassion? I think it's interesting that we have this term compassion fatigue and then to wonder, is it really empathy fatigue that one is experiencing? That's just a question mark out there. Um, and I'll talk more next week about how and whether these things contribute to our experience of pain as I wrap this series. But of course, I'm always interested to hear from you in your experience of these things as well. And naturally, I wonder how um, each of these 
pertain to ourselves, you know. Um, I don't know if there is a way that we can have an empathy response to ourselves, but there certainly are ways that we can have compassionate responses to ourselves. Um, and that's so often needed as we roll through these lives with fatigue and pain and chronic illness. And it's not lost on me that we're heading into these holiday seasons. And so as we do, know that I really have empathy and compassion for all of you out there watching and listening to these broadcasts. And I hope that you are extending just a lot of compassion for yourselves. I want to remind you that I have a number of series and I will post them in show notes below about how to manage holidays either alone or with others. And I hope that you will engage your very best habits to um, get through these as intact as you can without activating flares or the worst of your pain. And um, know that I love you and I'm thinking about you. And until we're together again, I hope that you are finding ways to tend to your spirit and be well.